0: Ah, oh, so you guys said you'd never come back on the pod, but then I'm like, we're doing this thing for cancer. And, you know, I guilt, I guilted you into it, didn't I?
1: Very skillfully done.
0: I mean, that's actually why I created the charity. I mean, I, I do have this personal connection to, to, to raising money for cancer. But it was really more to just get people on the podcast. Yeah, very <laughs>
2: shameless, really. I, you know, with your good causes and worthy helping people and stuff so like transparent, that. Mike. So yeah, transparent.
0: I, 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 really, but my true colors are shining through, um, and uh, and and they're not pretty. But uh, we actually, this is the second time you guys have been on the podcast in the last three hours because uh, the one non-live. Uh, bit that we did today was a replay of the podlywed game uh, <laughs> in which, which we were
1: triumphant I believe
0: you, you you were triumphant although I didn't I in my in my stupor of, of of hour 12 of the 24-hour podcast I I hit the wrong button while I was replaying the 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 podcast
2: what video did you show Mike <laughs>
0: No, it wasn't one of those switchover things to, to Pornhub. It uh-huh. was just, I ended the video, and if I were to restart it again, I couldn't start it at the same point. So we got through about 40 of the 60 minutes of it. You guys were in the lead. Spoiler alert, they won, mm-hmm. uh, as anyone would expect. And, um, and and the other two podcast relationships have just gone to shambles since then. I, I, the the hybrid squad uh, pairing uh, has, has not remained together. Andy never shows up for our podcast anymore, so... You know, I think I think it's it's a curse, and and I'm just thrilled that you guys have managed to keep it together.
2: So far, so good. No divorce proceedings as yet.
0: None. <laughs> and and um, you know, I I know how much you 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 claimed that that there was an idea that would never never work and that you didn't enjoy it, but I saw you smiling a lot during that podcast, Andrew. So uh, so you can't fool me. I know that that was the most unique and and greatest experience of your life. It sure you- was. Yeah, so, it, so was,
2: it definitely wasn't James sending me WhatsApps during that with, you know, jokes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I promise. He was just swept up in it, the, the romance of the occasion, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, the it, it was fantastic. And I think the star of the show actually was Tom Canton, considering that he, he came out and hosted it like like, like no one else. But mm-hmm. um, but if you want to see the last 15 minutes that I deprived people of earlier today, you go on to, to the Gunners pod and, and do that. Um, we are... Just to, just to remind people why we're doing all this, uh, we are raising money for the, the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. Uh, we're doing it because we all hate cancer. We hate what it does to families. And, um, and, and this helps raise awareness for it. For this particular potathon, not the summer as a whole, but for this particular effort, we are now up to $4,527 raised
2: nice. uh,
0: with a goal of $5,000. As Europe wakes up gradually, uh, we hope that that number goes up. We need we need a little bit more help to reach our goal. We want to try to smash it, um, and uh, and we really got some great great guests coming up to to help incentivize you. I'll, I'll remind people of something, which is if you want to come on the air and and ask a question uh, or make a comment to our guests, you are welcome to do that. And the way that you do that is by simply coming to uh, to Gunnar Open Mic. .com now i i will generally keep it to people who i have a feeling will not go overboard and and put you in jeopardy of uh you know of 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 this hold on of,
2: of we, we don't, being the internet
0: yeah we we, we don't want anything uh, such as this happen I, I can't find my stupid my stupid thing on uh, anyway uh, we don't want anyone getting canceled uh, but uh but yeah you can come on ask a question of James ask a question of Andrew i completely forgot because I got thrown off when I, when we had to do the prize draw for the uh, t-shirt right before you came on, James, uh, John, uh, who was our previous guest was, was fretting over the potential of Arsenal signing Aaron Ramsdale. Right. Whilst we were whilst we were on the podcast yesterday, uh, yesterday, earlier today, whatever the time was with Chris Wheatley, he broke the news that you had broken the news that, that the the talks had broken down. Is this a reason to rejoice or is this Arsenal just drawing a hard line in the sand and waiting for Sheffield United to come back and say, we didn't really mean 30, we meant 20?
1: Well, I think it's actually quite an interesting sort of case study in terms of the degree to which we trust the club or not. It seemed to me that, you know, there were stories put out there from the Sheffield United end saying this guy's going to be, you know, the price is going to be 35 million or even 30 million. And I think as fans, our worst fears are kind of uh, play out in front of us and we think, oh, you know, Arsenal are presumably going to pay this money. But the reality is they they never were. They always had a, a very different structure of a deal in mind. And I guess we have to say that processes worked here. You know, they went into this negotiation with a price they were prepared to pay. Ultimately, they thought they could bridge the gap Sheffield United. It hasn't proven to be the case. I think the only troubling thing is quite how long it's been spent on it. I mean, Arsenal have been talking about Ramsdale and to Sheffield United regarding Ramsdale since before the Euros. You know, this goes back a long, long way. And he's been so clearly the focus mm. of their attentions um, that you do slightly worry, you know, how much time have they left themselves to sort a replacement. But hopefully they'll get someone in quite expediently. I think it will be someone probably quite cheap, probably on loan, potentially. Is
0: so um, done in the mix? Or, or, or not. I'm
1: not sure about that one. I, I think his Englishness, his age is 29 or 28 maybe. I think his Englishness means the price will still be quite high, but they would only ever see him really as a number two. I mean, that's the thing about Ramsdale. It's is that
0: Ingliosity.
1: Engli, Ingliosity, <laughs> yeah, it's worth something. But I think when you look at the price tag for Ramsdale, clearly the plan was for him to eventually be the number one. I think Arsenal will now make a kind of strict number two signing, um, to kind of fill that gap behind Bernardo, Leno and then probably look at the situation again next summer. Mm.
0: Breaking news. Arsenal are going to make a number two, uh, is, yeah. is what I'm hearing. So,
1: um,
0: so I know yeah. a lot of
1: fans thought that Aaron Ramsdale would have been a, a clear number two signing, but, uh, <laughs> It seems they may not have to worry about that anymore, unless there's a dramatic uh, change in Sheffield United's position, which I don't preclude, but I think it's probably quite unlikely.
0: I, I don't know. I think th- I think they probably, I mean, there's no other market for Ramsdale, so I can see mm. them pr- come back and say, okay, would you take 20? Would, would you give us 20 for him? I think, I think it's a smart move from Arsenal. Uh, I was getting very disconcerted by the fact that they were seemingly still interested, despite this ridiculous price tag
1: uh on himself. I think I think it was sort of a game of bluff you know I mean Sheffield United kept saying 35 or figures in the 30s and I think Arsenal kind of I mean I guess they've kind of called their bluff now and said well no um so yeah let's see if they come back but from everything I understand I mean Arsenal have had to move on now to other targets it's not really one they can afford to let run much longer because ultimately they do need a keeper in before the end of the window.
0: Absolutely. Um, so on the off chance that you're one of the literally threes upon threes of people who listen to our podcast and not yours. <laughs> um, we, we, we want to share your opinions, Andrew. Um, are you freaking out about, uh, about the lack of, of overhaul? Are you, are, are you feel, I mean, we, the, the, the recurring theme that we've had in, on this last 13, 14 hours is in my mind, we finished eighth last season, uh, but but really, it was a tale of two seasons um, from a trend standpoint. We haven't improved the team very much. The others around us probably have improved their teams more than we have. But, uh, I mean, we can't finish worse than eighth, can we, this season?
2: Uh, I think we can if we want to. Uh, you know, I think nothing is out of reach uh, when it comes to, to what this club can do or what it might do. I, I think... Look, you know the 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 second half of last season. If you want to do that thing, is is a valid point of view, but it's also fair to point out that that we've lost, uh, or we go into the season without Mark Odegaard, we go into the season without Danny Ceballos. Now I know he wasn't a huge contributor. Nevertheless, he has been replaced, I suppose, by uh, Lukonga in that sense. But you know, from an attacking point of view, which is where the issue was. Last season, we haven't brought in anybody different. There's nobody new, and it doesn't look, based on preseason, like there's anything particularly groundbreaking going on to get more out of the players. You know that we've got. At the same time, Saka has only just come back. Gabriel Martinelli will be coming back in as well uh, after the Olympics. So there are players that we can add to the mix in that sense. Um, so, look, I, I'm I'm as anxious as anybody else out there for us to do a bit more in, in the transfer market. Uh, I do think it is possible uh, to get a bit more out of some of the players that we have. I, I think, you know, why were we frustrated with finishing eighth last season? It's not just because we finished eighth. It's because we know that the players we have are capable of better than that. You know, Aubameyang is capable of more... Uh, we could get more out of out of certain individuals. So I think there's room for improvement. As difficult as it is, I think we have to kind of look at August 31st as, as the real marker as to what we're going to be able to achieve next season. Um, in an ideal world, you get as much done before the start of the uh, season as possible. This is not an ideal world. Far from it. So we have to look at the uh the deadline august 31st see what kind of a state the squad is in on september 1st and for michael arteta he's got to kind of um he's got to uh, he's got to surf the waves of pressure that are going to come in these first three games because brentford chelsea and manchester city represents a difficult start to the season if it doesn't go well the pressure is going to be enormous but ultimately it's what we do between now and may that will decide Mikel Arteta's future not these three games so as frustrating as it might be i think we have to we have to take that into account as well when we we uh rationally and calmly jump to conclusions
0: yeah Ars- arsenal are not going to sack mikel arteta after five games even if we have one or two points after those five games which is going to it it just will be a very toxic environment unfortunately and you know, unless, unless there's been a player's revolt against him, which I can't see at this point uh, happening at the beginning of a season like that. But uh, uh, I I don't think that's going to happen. I I have a concept that I want to run by you guys. Um, I didn't get to it a couple of hours ago, but it's better for, for the two of you because, you know, Arsenal is in a cycle right now where they are just being taken. And I see signs of this changing a little bit, but, they're in a cycle where they, they, they've been taking advantage on both the buy side and the sell side of, of, of transfers. We've just we've sold so horribly. We've mismanaged our players. We've killed their value. We've possibly bought some players at too high of a price like like Pepe and some would say Ben White, although he hasn't kicked a, 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 a Premier League game ball for us yet. Um, you know, it, it takes years in my mind to break out of that trend and to, to start being respected in the, in the, in the market. We look at Liverpool who sold players that no one's ever heard of for 25 to 30 million pounds or, or Rion Brewster. And, and uh, who was the the other one that was sold for 25 or 30 million? So long. Jordan I
1: went for about 15, I think. And Dom yeah. Solanke was another.
0: And, and you can do that when you are seen as shrewd and in the, in the transfer market and not necessarily needing to sell. So, this is, this is going to be a little, uh, you know, uh, comp, uh, not complicated, but, but um, uh, controversial. I almost think that we, when you look at Liverpool, they had to sell two of their assets within four years of each other that were at the absolute peak of their market value and then reinvest the money smartly. Do you think, and, and I'm not talking about Arsenal going from eighth to sixth, I'm talking about Arsenal breaking into that top four. Do we almost need to completely get ourselves out of the Deadwood, whether we lose money on these teams or not, on these players or not? And I'm talking about things like Kalasinak, like the remaining Deadwood that we have, Bellerin. Flush all those bloated squads out. And then, and this is the controversial part, part with one of our significant assets who might actually have a bidding war over him, like an ESR Osaka, bring in that, that, potentially at that point 100 million plus pound offer and invest wisely as as a liverpool did in three or four different players in key areas in the squad before we can actually get back to that point where where we're competing no one wants to sell soccer esr but they're really the only assets that we have that are going to get silly money from a team that's willing to pay for it
2: i'll let you deal with that part of it james just one small point i would make is that like this idea that you get rid of the Deadwood. Uh, I, I get it, but it's not to say that you won't have more Deadwood in two or three years time. It's That's not, uh, it's not like a complete clear. I like those are the players we don't want. Now they're gone and we'll only ever have players that we want. The way it works is that, you know, guys are going to come in. Uh, signings might not work. Players will decline. Someone gets injured and, and all that kind of stuff. So the idea that you can exist without any deadwood in your squad, I don't think is realistic. Even if I can see what you're saying, it yeah. Be-
0: no, and, and and you're right. It's just that there's there's twelve of yeah. them, or or there were twelve of them. There's a lot, the lot of January. them. All.
2: There is a lot. I mean, I think you can probably reduce the amount of deadwood that you have, but you're always going to have some. So and and now yeah. Now I'll let James deal with the horrible situation of selling. Players. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying
0: I want to, by the way, I'm just saying like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. almost the formula for, for, you know, whether Leicester selling uh, Conte and Chilwell and, and, um, and, and drink water, uh, you know, or Liverpool doing it, uh, Tottenham an example of how not to do it the correct way. Uh, although they're about to be given a second chance. I mean, I almost feel like it's going to have to happen. And there are only a couple players that fit that mold.
1: I share that suspicion that it may be inevitable. Um, oh, by the way, no. I keep I keep shaking my camera. Apologies, all the comments telling me to stop moving. My and, and
0: I have just done something absolutely by accident, uh, Darren. Uh, I just somehow blocked you from the from the chat. Um, <laughs> Darren is the nicest, most wonderful person. He has kept uh, the questions coming, and I meant to highlight his question, and I've just blocked him. And I don't know how to do <laughs> it. That's awful. Um,
1: um, yeah, I'm I, I,
0: so sorry. I'm going to figure out how to undo that. That was not intentional.
1: I requested that Darren be blocked. <laughs> no, 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 so no, no in my no, no, initiative. No. I said, Get that Darren <laughs> out, he's a problem. Um, no, I'll let you work on left. trying to free him from his prison, Mike. But yeah, I, I kind of fear that if Arsenal don't sort of uh, organically get back into the top four in the next two to three years that something like that becomes a bit of an inevitability. And that's partly just because of, say, someone like Saka, the sheer level of talent that he has. I just find it impossible to believe that someone like Manchester City won't come knocking on our door eventually. And I susp- and we know they have the financial wherewithal to make it an impossible situation for us. And, and actually a situation that, as you suggest, might maybe something that we can capitalise on and used to launch a rebuild. I hope that isn't what happens. I hope we get good enough to keep him. But I just think if we don't, then unfortunately something like that begins to feel somewhat inevitable.
2: Yeah, I think that's true. And the the bottom line is that unless you can play at a level where your best players feel like they want to be, they're always going to leave. And, and you think back to... You know, you think back to players like sesk think back to players mm-hmm. like Robin Van Persie, um, Samir Nasri to an extent, not that he was ever one of my favorites, but, you know, it was that kind of dynamic where much better Arsenal teams and much more competitive Arsenal teams, teams that were playing in the Champions League could not hold on to their best players because we were, we were like, maybe that far away from being as competitive as we want to be you know the classic we're just one or two players away from being a title contending team again we're a lot further away from that right now and unless we can bridge that gap then you are going to look at at situations where the best young talent you have which is also very valuable is going to be coveted by other teams and maybe the financial realities of existing outside Europe, outside the Champions League, outside even the Europa League, force the club's hand in that sense, that you don't have any choice. The players will want to go. The money's too good to turn down. And like I think there's a, a, a utopian idea that if that happens, you could reinvest that money really smartly in the kind of players that could get you back in there what it could also do is just cement your place in the, the middle of the pack as well, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, like James, I'm really hopeful it doesn't happen. And and if we get better, we've got a much better chance of of continuing to get better. You know, we have to make the trajectory that way again.
1: Yeah, yeah and just to jump in, I mean... Maxwell in the, in the comments said, the issue is do we trust in Edu and company to spend the potential sack of money correctly? Yeah. I mean, that is what it all comes down to ultimately. I mean, Liverpool's success is not because they sold Coutinho, because they sold Sterling. It's about they, how they, they recruited. And, you know, I think there are indications that things are improving on that side of the club. And there are a few things that give you a little bit of hope. But I'd like to think we'd have a bit more confidence in the people making those decisions if and when that moment does come to pass yeah
0: yeah by the way if anybody in here i know we have a couple fellow podcasters who use StreamYard in here if anybody in here knows how to unblock somebody please let me know I'm, <laughs> I, I am literally because uh, the last person i wanted to block was Darren, uh and i and i just don't know how to do it how to is there
2: no obvious yet. way to do it i mean there must, is was there a big block button that you press to block it, him? It,
0: there, there, there it's it's complicated to, I, yeah i just I, I look i've been up for 24 straight hours i've been doing yeah. it i can't do it Andrew, um, there there is a uh, a press conference getting ready to start, and I know that normally you would choose me over the press conference, but because it's the first game tomorrow, I I know this is important. Uh, Do you have to jet right now? Do you have one minute to give us your top four, your bottom three, and your final position for Arsenal?
2: Uh, Top four in the Premier League.
0: Yeah, no, in uh, in uh, in the Turkish Super League.
2: All right, okay. Uh, Galatasaray, Fenerbahce. Um, No, yeah, no. I think it's going to be Manchester City. Chelsea, Manchester United, and Liverpool. Um, the bottom three, let no, me particular see. Order. no particular order. Okay, I would say that going down um, Norwich, Burnley, and I think someone surprising maybe like uh could be like a Newcastle somebody like that yeah. so I'll go with that oh, Arsenal God. final position I'm gonna Missionary. go with an optimistic yeah, an optimistic sixth nice. I think we'll okay. just do that so
0: James are you able to stay with us or you have to be a, 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 yeah a, I
2: can stay with you that's no problem I love it all right and i'm gonna thank go you and much for joining I appreciate it. it. Talk about the transfers. Take it easy. Good luck with the uh, fundraising. I'll I'll throw in my contribution now uh, after the press conference. And uh, well done for doing this and and for what you're uh, trying to raise awareness and funds for. It's really important. And you know there isn't anybody out there who hasn't been in some way um, impacted by by cancer in their life or in their family. So uh, well done. Uh, It's it's great work.
0: Well, I, I appreciate it and and truly appreciate your support. So thank you so much. All right. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Andrew. Take care. Now, James, I, I want to talk to you about something that, that that's near and dear to my heart because uh, as as the last human being to see your live show in Soho, which is, <laughs> while they were whilst there were other people in the theater, I like to act like there weren't.
1: Mm. Um, it was a one-on-one private show.
0: It, it was, yeah, well, it was a private show. But <laughs> a, a private show in Soho probably isn't a good thing <laughs> to be talking about. Um, but... Uh, I do want to spend some time talking about, uh, about, about your, your book. It It is, uh, it, it is, it, it's out. And, and I listened to your, your, your chat, uh, with, with Andrew about it last week. And it's just a, it's a really, really cool story. Um, and, uh, and, and it's an adaptation I guess of your stage show, but, mm-hmm. but in an expansive way. And, and so tell, tell everyone who who's listening to this and watching this kind of, uh, including Darren, who I hope to be able to have back onto the, the stream so he can listen back to this. I, I don't know if he's able to listen, but just not comment in the chat. I hope that's what it is. But but Darren, I I love you. I miss you already, and it's my fault. Um, James, uh, The Boxer was the show. Yeah. It's a story about your grandfather, uh, American Olympian, until we, until we figured out he wasn't American. Basically, um, yeah. Which, you know. <laughs> we can't afford to be turning down boxing champs in America. Uh, but to uh, so tell us a little bit about how, you know, the the story and how the, how the, sh- how the show became and then how the book came out of the show.
1: So, yeah, my grandfather was a guy called Terry Downs. I got in a lot of trouble with somebody because apparently on the Arscast edition, I, I didn't actually say his full name at any point. I just kept saying Terry. Uh, lots of people be Googling Terry McNicholas and being very disappointed. Not to find him, <laughs> but, uh, but Terry Downs, my mum's dad. And he, was a kid who grew up in Paddington, West London, not too far from where Pukai Osaka and his family are from. Uh, at the time, it was a quite a rough part of the world. And he had a pretty crazy life story. His sister joined the Ringling Brothers Circus in America. Um, she was in an accident while with the circus where she lost an arm. He went out to be with her in America as a teenager, wound up joining the US Marines, boxed for them, as you say, basically blitzed through the Olympic trials, but was then sort of pulled up on red tape, came back to the UK, turned pro and ended up, ended up being the world champion at middleweight in 1961. Um, and very nearly was a world champion at light heavyweight as well, lost on a, a very close fight in his final fight after going weight, But it, it was an incredible kind of Rags to Rich's tale. And uh, after he died, I sort of decided to make a show about it. But it wasn't just about him. It was kind of about me too. I'd sort of alternate between doing like his life and then doing kind of stand up about my own life. And the book kind of does a similar thing in some ways. It kind of compares and contrasts us. uh, You know, it tries to bridge that generational divide. I always say like I I reckon everyone's grandfather was like tougher than them, probably in the modern world, but he was just the most extreme possible example of that. Cause he was one of the toughest people on the planet.
0: My, my grandfather um, was a caterer uh, uh, at a Jewish deli in New York city. So, I mean, you gotta be kind of tough, I guess for that. Yeah,
1: I reckon you do. I reckon you do. Uh, but no, I think, you know, it was a, a harder time. And I've always felt sort of slightly self-conscious about my relatively soft, comfortable existence. Uh, and I guess the book is kind of an exploration of that as well as kind of telling these Two different stories. So it's been a real pleasure to work on something that's, um you know, very related to my family uh, and, you know, my own personal life. And it's been really lovely as well hearing all the responses and people enjoying it. So thank you very much to everybody. I'm really grateful.
0: Yeah. Um, Zach says he's got the audio book, uh, which I think you said is about 10 hours long.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Now we've got 20 hours of stuff to do because we're talking <laughs> about Fergus and, and, um, and, and, uh, the guns and yellow ribbons podcast with their excellent series about arsenal history. It's an eight part series. That's nine. it's nine hours, 59 minutes and 54 seconds long. They really cheaped out on the last six seconds of it, but,
1: uh, oh. Shame. But I mean, if you want I could just, I could just read the book hours. now and just it was just see you through to the end of the live stream. You know, just <laughs> the final few hours is just me boringly yeah. reciting out a book.
0: I, yeah. What I said to Fergus was, and I'll say the same thing now, because I think we're right at that point where where if you listen to the audiobook, maybe on one and a half speed, you can listen <laughs> to it and then come back for the final prize drawing before we're off the air. Um, I just can't believe we still have that much time in front of us, but... Um, but yeah, the, uh, the, the book looks fantastic. It, it it does. Is it, is it a similar theme to kind of the, the posters and the, the hold it, hold it up again?
1: Oh, here. Yeah. So like this book, actually what it is, I, there's, that's, uh, yeah. me there and that's my grandfather, Terry there. I sent them a load of like vintage boxing posters that, um, actually are, are real for the time. Some of which I've got up on the wall. And they came back with that design. And on the back, there's like kind of uh, our vital stats um, where, you know, five foot ten of muscle against 15 stone of flab. Um, I think it's pretty obvious which I am. But, yeah, I think uh, it's been a great thing to do. Like a really satisfying.
0: Yeah. Um, now, this might come out sounding the wrong way, but okay. in the book. Are there pictures of you without your shirt on, like there was uh, in live action in So? I mean, again, being without your shirt on in Soho, maybe not the best idea, but I- I'm pretty sure I saw that. So
1: yeah, there are there are a couple. Do we pictures. get to see the pastiness. You do get to see the kind of is it Marshmallow Man in Ghostbusters? You know, this big white. Chunky, figure. yeah,
0: the staple, the, the Pillsbury dough, doughboy, I believe, or, yeah, or, or the a yeah, exactly. marshmallow man, or something like, yeah,
1: that. yeah, yeah. I, you do get to see that as well, and if that's not worth uh, now, the price, I don't know what now, it is. Were those
0: photos? Uh, I mean, the, the 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 questions are just flowing now. Were those photos from like a specific photo shoot? Like, like we're doing, like, like when you write a book about yourself uh, and and you know about your family and stuff, the topic is you. You're not just putting. You're not finding pictures of like. World War II battleships in the South Pacific. You're you're like this is about James McNicholas and his grandfather sure. and, and how much of a non-boxer you are, which is fantastic. And and uh and 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 by the way, I'm writing a book uh starting tomorrow about a man who accidentally banned from the chat a mate of his named Darren and victoriously and triumphantly allowed him to return to the podcast. I love a happy ending with the help of 40 uh different people including Danny the GFP who who ultimately was the one who helped me back. So welcome back Darren. Is it, this is the saga that people will remember uh from this from this Python. But so is it a is it just like a photo shoot? Like, okay, I'm going to the studio today. We're doing a photo shoot. Okay, James, take your shirt off, look tough, <laughs> look look wimpy. Look, I mean, like, was that how it works? Because that's how I envision it works. That's how I envision it 24/7.
1: Kind of. I mean basically when I did the show um we did a load of publicity photographs for the show which i've sort of been able to repurpose I uh, well, like
0: this or something like something like
1: <laughs> yeah exactly that kind of thing uh lots of like yeah and maybe do that now try and look a bit tough now try and look not tough um but these photo, the topless photo try to look not tough yeah I know, i'm sorry
0: my acting abilities only go so far
1: <laughs> um they came to take pictures in the theater. A newspaper came down to take pictures in the theater for an article they were doing about the show. So then I was able to acquire the rights to those photos. Is this interesting? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's nodding.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by how the whole process works. I mean, I don't know a whole lot of people personally who have written books. Um, you know. it's
1: I, it I, is it's It's mad. I mean, the maddest thing is like, the typos and stuff. I mean, it goes through so many. I almost can't bring myself to read the book because I know I'll find some an error in it and it will drive well, me insane.
0: Well, not only that, but I mean, it's been spoiled for you already. You
1: That's true. That it has out. been spoiled. Yeah, yeah. I know what happens. I know how it all ends. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it, I, I recommend it. It's a good thing to do. But it's uh, they are long books. Turns out they're really, really long. Longer yeah. than an athletic article, even.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, well, and, and, and uh, does the book have like a paragraph and then the paragraph fades into, and if you'd like to read the rest of the
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's like a pamphlet and that you get and you read oh, I'm enjoying this. And then it's like, if you want the rest of the book, that's going to be, you know, a tenner a month or something like that. Um if you can't read the book in what in
0: during the free preview period, then 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 you know I, I got. But nothing but for don't you. worry
1: because like Mister Arsenic and Guna Gurgit or whatever are going to tweet out the book, you know they're going to tweet all the salient points from the book, uh, for you. So exactly. it's fine.
0: Yeah, James McNichol said. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I found that whole interchange. Speaking of which, uh, fascinating. With Mister Arsenic tweeting a bunch of stuff, and then you and then you oh I, the, what? the bell. Uh, yeah so I, 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 I respect and deference to my my fellow athletic uh, interviewee um, you know looks like you were uh, sucking up to the bell a little bit
1: well I'll be honest what happened was I um I went on the cast and said what I said about James Madison that I was a bit dubious about the degree of Arsenal's interest in him and I just had an absolute torrent of people saying like this is, you're so you're calling out the bell are you I have no idea what that feels like,
0: but I can only imagine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, it was like, oh, so you're trying to start something. You know, didn't you see what the bell said? And I was like, listen, good luck to the bell. The bell are doing some good stuff. I'm sure the bell have their sources. The bell
0: put the gerbil in the mud, by the way.
1: Yeah, he bodied Uh, the gerbil.
0: Yeah, the the gerbil got put in the mud by the bell um, over the... uh, what was it? Over the Parte deal. Um, the, the, the gerbil ended up becoming a, a, being a fraud as it turned out. Um, and um, you know, and that story didn't end well, but um, you. Ended so up yeah, with-
1: so it, it becomes this thing as well. Sometimes you're on a podcast. I mean, it's probably happening now and you say something and you, you know, when you're on a podcast, especially when I'm on Cast, I'm not really thinking about it loads. I'm sort of talking off the top of my head. And then suddenly you get all that written down and you're like e careful i was just talking you know i didn't fr- mean
0: that yeah yeah exactly freely
1: i was t- and I, and i was giving you sort of i wasn't if i'd been writing for the athletics say i probably would have been more careful in my wording but that's okay um you know, th- that's the way it goes. I, I, it was just a sort of lesson learned of like, oh, be careful with your words. But I actually stand by what I said. About I, I, heard, Madison.
0: I heard that you were taken out of... Con- now, I didn't hear the the, the the portions of what you said on the Ars blog that morning, but uh, on the Ars Cast. But, you know, it was said that you were, you know, perhaps taken out of context a, a wee bit.
1: Well, the only context really regarding Madison was that I was like, I, I can never say this deal won't happen because ultimately there are people with a vested interest in making it happen. You know, there are people who are putting two and two together and seeing Arsenal need a creative midfielder and James Madison would like a nice big move and a nice big salary and trying to broker that agreement. But what I can say is that isn't coming from the Arsenal side. And maybe on deadline day, Martin Odegaard's told Arsenal where to go and they panic and they have lost their first few games and they go, oh, okay, we'll do James Madison maybe and and I wouldn't be upset about it, but I'm just saying that for now that they're not the ones pursuing that. do you see what I mean
0: yeah yeah and and uh and if they were pursuing it, I think we'd be hearing a lot more about exactly how they were pursuing it i mean we we uh we were hearing about how they were pursuing Ramsdale when where there's smoke, there's fire there. We haven't really heard the the interest from the club on Madison although you know, we kept hearing that, well, there is a, a target for their, you know, for the Partey partner. Um, has, has, has the U-turn on Granit Jaco which wasn't really a
1: U-turn. It was more just of a, a lack of, of someone. <laughs> I think it was reverse, right, right? wasn't it? <laughs> just slowly reversing back the way you've come.
0: Has, has that changed the Arsenal's desire to buy another, like a number eight um, yeah. or someone to, to, I mean, cause that, that sticks in my craw if that's the case. Cause I mean, can Shaka yeah. not just be a squad player for another year and then and then we try again? I mean, when the market's better?
1: I know exactly what you mean. My my impression is that it has changed things, that Lakonga um was kind of one we were always gonna do as like a prospect for the future and, and fill in that squad position. But that if Shaka went out, we would have looked at a significant upgrade, you know we know the names that were in the mix. Locatelli was always unrealistic, but the club did actually really try on that one. Um, Ruben Neves was very much in the mix as well. Yeah, well, I think it's because of Shaka ultimately. And I have to be honest, that's not a U-turn that I fully understand at this point or have my head quite wrapped around. You know, obviously Roma didn't put the money up and I get that, but to go from, okay, I guess we can't sell him to, okay, here's the new long-term contract, It's quite a big leap. And the only way I can explain it is by thinking Mikel Arteta probably never wanted to sell Granite Shaka. He was probably respecting the player's wish. And now that that's fallen through, he's like, great, I'll have some more Shaka. Because we know how highly he does think of him, whatever we, whatever we may think.
0: Yeah. And, and um, you know, I think... He, the one thing you have to say about Granit I like him or not, like his football or not, like his his personality or not. And I don't I don't mind his football. I don't like his personality at all. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he's good around the, lo- uh, the dressing room. That that much seems clear. Uh, you can tell he's 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 he's, he's got leadership qualities. Um, and so I think he just you know, if he stays in the dressing room during the games and just waits for the team to come in at halftime, uh and, then, <laughs> and it stays there and waits for them to come back after the game to give them a nice pep talk uh I would be I would be fine with that so
1: yeah uh yes yeah, so if he plays like he did in the second half of last season I think we'll all be happy enough with it but it does kind of leave in the midfield and not
0: in the not at left back
1: uh, yeah 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 and also yeah. It, it it um it leaves that problem you know to be solved still I you know Sooner or later. I mean, neither Shaka nor Parte are getting any younger, so Arsenal will need something else in the middle of the park. In fairness to Lakonga, he does look quite exciting and quite interesting. So maybe in twelve months' time we'll be saying he's the heir apparent to one of those guys. Um, I certainly hope so.
0: You know, that 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 would be great if we can if we can have that. I mean, we 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 kind of thought that was gonna end up being Wenduzy and 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 if Lakonga ends up being that player, then then by mm-hmm. all means I'll be glad that we didn't splash fifty million on a player that you know, that, that, that may or may not have worked out. So um, everyone in the chat, just want to remind you that uh, two things, we are uh, raising money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Please go to GoonersVCancer.com. We have prize giveaways at the end of each hour between now and the end. At the end of this hour, we're going to be giving away one of these Gooners versus Cancer t-shirts. At the end of the next hour, we're giving away another uh fantastic ruth beck art print uh this one of the outside of the uh the ticketing area at uh at at the emirates then we got some amazing prizes coming up a lee dixon signed retro shirt when he's on with us in a couple hours uh a new personalized arsenal kit of your choice um a kev campbell signed retro shirt another new personal arsenal kit uh personalized arsenal kit and then a a team signed shirt from the FA Cup winning 2019-2020 squad. So, if you don't enter, you can't win and of course we we your entries go towards a great cause which is helping to try to find the cure for blood cancers and and supporting families. So, uh we are we're very close to our goal, just over 4500 of 5000 for this uh for this day of podcasting which is 90%. So, please if you haven't already, please uh help out the cause if you're able to and and either way we appreciate you being with us um so what do you expect then for and, and and the other thing is uh by the way if you're in the chat and you want to ask a question of james uh you know not just in the chat but live on air please come to gooneropenmic.com. i promise not to accidentally block you uh and if you come to gooneropenmic, we'll bring we'll bring you wow. in the studio and uh and you can ask james a question directly so your your top four Uh, For the Premier League, Uh, what do you what do you think? Oh
1: yeah, better do that. Um, Is it in any any order, right?
0: Uh, Top four will do in order, and the bottom three can be in any order. Uh,
1: Top four in any order. I think Chelsea will win the league.
0: Okay, yeah. Then I think we've got half Chelsea, forty nine percent City, and then our friend JJ who uh, who believes that Arsenal is winning the league and Tottenham's getting relegated.
1: I like that guy. Yeah. He, uh, I mean, he's he's uh, super. Yeah. Uh, I think Chelsea, Man City, uh, Man United, Liverpool is my top four.
0: Okay. And bottom three in, any, in, in no particular order? Yeah.
1: Bottom three is hard, you know. I think Norwich, for sure, because as far as I can see, they've come up and immediately sold their best player. They have done some interesting stuff in recruitment, but... I'm gonna say Watford. Um it's my hometown club, but I just they always feel like sort of uh just a ragtag collection of players slightly thrown together because of their ownership model. And I, I'm not sure if I see that surviving in the Premier League this year. And then I will say with a heavy heart, I'm gonna take a leap on Crystal Palace.
0: Yeah, a lot of people have gone for Palace. Have they? Yeah, I mean it. It, I don't think any even the most passionate of Gooners, I don't think uh, uh, thinks Vieira is a very good coach, right? And, uh, and and you know the history has shown that. I mean they might as well have well brought in uh, Gary Neville to, uh, to to coach the team. Uh, they might as well have well have brought in uh, Aaron Neville uh, to coach the team. I think, but
1: I, yeah, I just think like a lot of these time you get these teams who are like really solid you know, not spectacular, kind of like Stoke were in the Premier League, but they survive. And I feel like often they get higher ambitions and they want to be more expansive and play more attractive football and it can end end in disaster. And I slightly fear for Palace in that respect. But they've made some interesting signings. So, you know, if Vieira does know more than maybe we think, then they could be all right. But, you know.
0: so... So um, one thing I do want to, you know, while, while it's going on, I do want to talk about the the press conference that's going on. I just looked for Andrew's uh, Andrew doesn't seem to be live tweeting it out, but, uh, but our our good friend, Chris Wheatley uh, is, and, uh, and he's got a lot of quotes uh, from, from our Ted. And I think just given our, our discussion about this, I think it would be relevant to to doing that. I, I still, I mean, I'm not, I'm not complaining about this, but I'm surprised you're not watching the press conference given uh, your your role in the media. I mean, did you...
1: Yeah, I I will watch it. Did
0: this time then realise the press conference was here and then... Actually,
1: they moved the press conference. The press conference was going to be later today and the last night they moved it back.
0: And you you didn't text me and say, hey, I've got a reason. I mean, that's...
1: It's fine. I'm very lucky. Art De Roche is covering the press conference right now, but I will be... Catching up with it, though. I need to shoot soonish, though. Actually, I need to go pretty soon.
0: Well, and 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 we're 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 gonna we're gonna finish up in just a bit. Go ahead. Uh, but c- do you mind if I uh, kind of share some of the comments uh, from? No, um, no, no. From Chris's reporting, because you know it's obviously pretty interesting to find out what Arteta is saying in the very last uh, press conference before the season. So, um, what I'm seeing is, and let me just enlarge this a bit. Uh, in this first period of the window, this first period of the window. Uh, I think we've done a few things that we wanted to do. There's still a window to go. Uh, so I'm sure that things will happen either way. That's that's kind of Wenger-ish. Um, mm. Let's see. What do we have next? Uh, he was
1: quite interesting on Joe Willock. I don't know if you can see. Uh, um, I'm going from oldest to newest. So
0: uh, on how many players could be brought in, I cannot tell you today. I have no answers to that. Okay, that's Arsene Wenger. Uh, Willock, the situation is that he's our player. We've had some conversations what he's done is put himself in a strong position where he can choose what his future could look like. That's what we're trying to define right now. I mean, he's mastered the art of saying nothing while saying something, right?
1: He learned from the best. Yeah. he
0: did. I mean, this is and Wenger 2.0 and, and that's not going to make people happy, but, um, you know, he's, he, he's, he's given Obama Yang a, a, a wink and a nod and saying, you know what, I'm going to back you publicly. Um, obviously the questions are coming about the transfer window. I mean, there's, you know, we're not, we're not learning really a whole lot new here from, from our, from Arteta, but that is the goal when he comes out there, isn't it? To really not. Tip Straight back. It.
1: Yeah. I think as well, something I've said several times in this window is that there was kind of always going to be two phases. There was going to be the business Arsenal could get done relatively early and the business that was going to happen right at the death. And clearly one phase of that is over and we're entering the next phase now. Um, Look at that quote from Nikola Arteta. There, sometimes what it's not possible to do on the twelfth of August is possible to do on the last day.
0: And we've seen that there is truth to that. It's just so aggravating that to know that uh, you know these these players that do come in on the last day are just not going to bet in the way that uh, they would if they yeah. joined the team in in, in July.
1: Uh, personally, I liked the window being you know before the end of the season. Uh, before the start of the season rather the deadline day i thought that made a ton of sense um, but the clubs didn't not want it like that a lot of clubs for for various reasons and certainly like agents didn't want it that way and it seems to be that we've gone back to this model so um yeah it's going to be a chaotic few weeks but we love it, don't we? I mean, you know, we'll be eating it all up all over Twitter like everybody else. I'll tell
0: you, if in forty years, uh, Mikel Arteta looks like this, uh, he'll be in good shape. He's certainly acting like it already, but but if he looks like that,
1: uh, he'll be a happy be man. More
0: attractive or, or less attractive than Arsene Wenger without a shirt on in in, in forty years toughest question i'm sure you've ever been asked in your journalistic
1: career. i think he's gonna be i don't know if he'll be in that nick in 40 years
0: is he gonna hold up or i mean like like do we know what his dad looks like because that's great that question about, yeah you know
1: i don't know i don't know i can't imagine him without that perfect hairline and you know chiseled jaw um, you, know,
0: you you end up looking like your dad and and right now i i, I don't even look as good at my dad and and um and and that's that's actually a really disgusting uh, <laughs> bit of comedy, considering if you know why I raise money for leukemia and lymphoma. Study. But yeah, true. Anyway, um, all right. So let's let's make sure to get you off on a high note um, for me, anyway, not for you. But we're giving away a Gooners versus Cancer shirt, whatever size you are. We had a bunch of them printed up, um, and um, you know, and then we're gonna, you know, later on, we're gonna get into some really good giveaways. But we wanna we wanna share these shirts. We'd love if if you wore one, but we're gonna give one away now. Uh, let's see, again, check in on what the total is at the moment, uh, for the fundraising. And we are at, has it gone up? It has $4,577 of, of, uh, of, of 5,000. So we're at 91% of our goal and we're going to draw the prize. And then we're going to let James go on his way with, with much, much appreciation for, for joining us. Um, working on this really quickly. All right, here we go. The winner of the second and final Gooners versus cancer t-shirt giveaway is Nick Canning. Thank you, Nick. Uh, Congrats, Nick. We have a lot of double winners here because again, it's a weighted lottery. So the the more you donate, fortunately, uh, the, the more, the more tickets you get. Nick has, uh, has has uh, has won two T-shirts today, the uh, the eighty nine T-shirt as well as the Gunas versus Cancer T-shirt. So uh, I will now save on shipping because I get to s- to send them both to one place. Great news! And that is the best news of this. I mean, the fact that we've raised this money is is nice, but the fact that I get to save on shipping is <laughs> uh, James. It, it's been a pleasure. You know, we got to talk in a very short period of time. We got to talk about Arsenal. We got to talk about. Your your book, your fantastic book, please tell us where you can buy the book uh, in, in audio format yeah. and in, in written form. Audio,
1: it's on Audible, it's on iTunes, everything you'd expect. There's a Kindle format as well if you want to read it on your Kindle. Uh, it's out in hardback too. I think the best thing to do on if you go to my Twitter account uh, and look at my tweet about it, so I think it's my pinned tweet on Gunner Blog. Uh, there's like a link tree there, and it's got different links for different countries and stuff like that. But you can basically get it anywhere, free postage and packaging. So do it. Do
0: you, do you actually send like? Do you put them in the envelope? No, money? no,
1: no. It's through a company. I don't know. I, okay. I, I, I have no part in it myself. Fortunately, okay,
0: I, I believe that this is. Uh, I save on postage, Mike. You know? exactly i mean it, uh, we'll send all the books that are going to america to me and you'll save on postage and then i'll uh, i'll make sure to get them out to everybody
1: that else. would be ideal thank it's you. A little
0: side business for me all right james truly appreciate it this is the link tree right here thank you so much for joining us and uh and we hope to have you on again soon you're always been uh, you've always been very generous with your time and I, I appreciate your friendship
1: cheers man you too this is a great cause keep it going keep the stamina up i'll be watching here and there
0: I have just ordered on Instacart more Red Bull, which will be arriving here in three hours. So, uh, so I think Perfect. I think we're going to make it. All Bye right, man. Take Cheers. care. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. So here's what's going to happen. Uh, we are approaching the end of the 16th hour. Which, if you were here with us uh, six, uh, eight hours ago, uh, YouTube only archives eight hours of footage at a time. So, uh, what I'm doing is we're switching to part three. We really, really hope if you're here now, you'll continue to be here with us. We have uh, the following guests coming up in our 15 through 24. Uh, I know this is kind of small, but we've got Mark Brindle, who is the Arsenal supporters liaison. I would love to have some Q and A for him uh, in in the chat. Uh, if you're an Arsenal supporter from uh, you know in London, if you if you go to the home games, if you go to away game. Uh, let's not have an interrogation, but rather a a, a Q and A Q&A as to you know how the supporters' clubs and and uh, and the and the supporters' experience will go. Um, Mark is the one and only guest from the 24 hours coming from within Arsenal, uh, and we appreciate him coming. Then it, it's a raft, a raft, as it's as as, as I said, of incredible uh, Arsenal journalist and 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 ex-player guests. We've got Lee Dixon, James Benj. Charles Watts, Perry Groves, Sophie and Super Kev from the Highbury squad with a possible appearance from Stuart Robson and uh, and and finishing off with the same old Arsenal, uh, Lee Judges, Dan Potts and Harry Simeon will be here. I think Craig uh, is, is going to be at work, but uh, we're going to play a fun game with those boys and then finishing up the final hour, which will just be me crying because I'm so happy that this went well and that I'm almost done. But uh, But what you have to do to join us in about, Five more minutes. Uh, I'm going to take about a four or five minute break, but at 6 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Uh, UK time, you have to go to the following website, which is www.gvc3.football. Of course, you can also go to, to our YouTube and just search for the Gooners podcast. It's the third part of the series, um, and uh, but you can get there directly by going wwwgvc 3 dot football and uh and if you want to uh join us in those interviews live you can still go to the same uh www.guneropenmic.com and and do that so uh so i'm going to take about a two minute break rejoin in about three uh in about two minutes thank you for all the support and uh and i will see you over at www.gbc3.football and for now i shall say come on you gooners.